0: Hello, hello, welcome to 30 and a bit. My name is Pete and each episode I try to solve one of the questions you run into after hitting the big 3-0 together with an expert. Today's question is, how can I love me for me? Today's amazing expert is Irma van Herwaarden, Irma runs her own company called Big Value, where she coaches people and provides trainings all about personal development. She's a Dutchie, just like me, and has two children. Welcome, Irma. Thank you, Paige. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Um, My first question to every expert always is, how were your 30s? And I believe your 30s were... Very big. Lots of changes. You had two children and you got a divorce. Would you mind sharing a little bit more about how you experienced that decade?
1: Yes, it was exactly as you say. It was very different. So the first five years of my 30s were about having babies, two actually, uh, what changed my life a lot. And well, very soon after that, I felt my marriage was not actually what I hoped it would be. So when I was 35, I got a divorce. So uh, then I was a single mom. Yeah.
0: How did that feel? How did you cope
1: with that? Well, um, it was very strange and new for me because when I was younger, I uh, lived in a boarding school. So I always had people around me. I was never alone. I never lived alone, always with people around me. And all of a sudden, because we were co-parenting. So the children also went to their father, and then I had like five days alone, and I didn't know what happened to me then. So it was in the beginning; it was very scary. The first few years, I can say, yeah, I was looking for a lot of distraction.
0: Yeah, yeah, it must have been such an adjustment.
1: It was, it was, and and first I was like crying because I couldn't see my children, but a few years later I was like waving at them. Yay, you're leaving. I'm very happy. Although I love them, of course, but I was like, oh,
0: thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Mama has got a couple days to herself now. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes, yes. So after that, and when I was 35, when I moved out of the house and I got the divorce, my uh, personal development went sky high because I really had the time to focus on that and focus on myself.
0: So you ended up turning that into something really positive. And that's where I'm guessing Big Value, your company, also came from.
1: Well, it came, I was younger, actually, because I was 28 when I started Big Value. Um, But I was not sure, I was already doing personal uh, coaching. And I had no idea what I was doing, but it worked. So um, I was doing it. And when I got older, I was 34, 35. I got more experience in life and about myself. So I became a different coach because I learned more about myself. But I started when I was 28.
0: Yeah. Amazing. So now um, what are some of the subjects you focus on? We're going to talk about self-love, but you train more subjects, right? Yes. It is actually about um,
1: living your heaven on earth. That's what my focus is. And I do personal development or uh, personal coaching, but also do talks. I call them value talks. So I, uh, on stage, I help people to find out what is my heaven on earth and how can I live that? You know, we're all in this kind of red race, just following all the steps we all have to do. You know, go to school, study, go to college, and then, you know, uh, start with a corporate or traineeship, things like that. But what do you really want? What do you want? We're not here to live a life just focusing on how can I pay my bills. Hmm. Yeah, I like you know, that a lot. Yeah, but that's what we do, right?
0: And this is one of those reasons as well that I started this podcast because there are all these expectations society has once you turn 30, but how are you meant to figure out all of these things? That's why I interview experts and ask them, what is your experience? How should, how can you help us solve that little piece of the puzzle um, by answering the question of the, of the subject? Because it's really hard. So many expectations. It is.
1: It is. But that's what it is. And especially, I think, as women, because, you know, when you're 30, it's like, OK, when you're getting married, when you're having children and you also have to be successful, you know, that's what expected of you uh, to do all of these things at the same time. And nobody asks you, actually, what do you want? So if you decide you don't want to have children, that's like, are you sure? You can't decide that yet. You have to wait. You know, it's like you're strange or something um you're strange if you yeah. want to be one of want to be a home mom stay at home mom you're strange like
0: why i um, was just gonna say that yeah if you're not super ambitious and uh work your butt off every day and have your kids in kindergarten you're also an outcast almost yeah exactly
1: but that's how our society works because we have learned that when we were younger you know in school it's like you have to follow this path If you go a bit to the right, you're very smart, for example. No, that's not possible. We don't know how to work with that. Stay in the path. If you're like um, getting too much attention or want to play too, too much, no, that's not good. You have to be in line. So that's what we learn. You know, you're an outcast and that's not okay. So we follow the path and we think that's what we have to do.
0: Yeah. It's so funny. Um, when I announced my date that I was going to get married, that was a year before the actual date happened. I didn't get the question once like, Oh, when are you thinking about having kids? Whereas I would normally, before I planned that date, I would get the question all the time and the wedding was over. It was such a peaceful year, not getting that question. But as soon as the wedding was over, the question was back on the table. Everyone kept asking yep. me and still it's like, oh, so now you're married. What is it going to happen? It's just, and how you do you the feel steps. when they <laughs> ask you that? Yeah. Yeah. But how do you feel? If there, if it's people that are close to me, I don't mind. If it's people I don't know very well, I think it's a very intrusive question. Um, yeah. And also, cause my question isn't a straight, yes, I know I want to have kids and I want to have them then. Uh, It's still very much a question mark and it's always been a question mark whether I want them and if so, when. Um, And that's not a very satisfying answer to a lot of people. A lot of people are then going to uh, convince me how fun it is to have kids and how much better their life is. And you're never going to be ready for it. Uh, You just got to make that decision one day. And it's like that's not how my brain works. Like, that's not how I feel, but that is how you feel and good for you. You've had kids, like you're really happy with your personal situation, but a lot of people want to push their opinion on you, especially when it comes to having kids. And that's just a bit much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But that's because we all have a view of the world and we think that our own view of the world is the truth. And so we're telling everyone this is the truth, but there is no truth. There is no standard. It doesn't exist. It's this is my truth, and that is your truth, and that's okay. But that's exactly what we do, and why we do that. It's because that we are uncertain about ourselves. So if you agree with my truth, maybe it is true.
0: Mm, Okay. Okay. That's an interesting way.
1: Yeah, it's about believing, and that's also we're talking we're going to talk about self love but it's about believing in yourself i have my truth and i'm staying true to that and it doesn't matter if you agree or not
0: yeah so then if you truly believe in your truth you're saying you don't need you don't feel the need to convince other people of your truth exactly
1: yeah if you want to convince then um you're not sure about your own truth so you're insecure about yourself yeah
0: interesting that's a pretty good thing to keep in mind next time someone's butting his head into or is um butting into my business.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but don't tell them because they
0: won't like No. It. no, no, no. <laughs> it'll just me in my head thinking this. <laughs> yeah. But it'll exactly. probably help yeah. me get through the conversation a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of my questions was going to be why do you think it is very important that someone loves themselves? And I guess this is one of the reasons. Are there more?
1: Yes, there are more, but it's actually very simple. Loving ourselves—it's when you can do that, you can actually live a happy, fulfilled life. It's necessary to live a happy life because we think that love is about loving someone else. You know, loving your husband, loving your children, loving whoever, but you can only love another to the degree that you can love yourself. And that means that the other person can only love you to the degree that they love themselves.
0: That's interesting. That's it. Yeah. I've never looked at it that way. But that is an interesting way of looking at it. So if you're someone who who has a lot of insecurities, maybe doesn't love themselves that much, you're also unable to give your fullest self to... Whoever you exactly. love, you want to love. Yeah. yeah. And what, you,
1: what we expect then, if I cannot love myself, I expect my partner or my parents to love me that the way I want to be loved. And again, there's the expectation. But we cannot expect anyone else to love us the way we want to if we cannot
0: do it ourselves. Okay. That is really interesting. That's a, yeah, I'm into that. (laughs) I never looked at it that way, but I like it. Can you tell us how we can love ourselves more? Yeah,
1: I have some things you can do. The first thing, what is important, we were already talking about, you know, we as women, but also men, we have to do a lot, and especially in your thirties, when you want to have kids, when you do have kids, you have to do a lot, so we're always busy doing stuff for other people and helping and working and whatever, and we forget ourselves but it's just as you know we're focused on our phones all the day all day, but when the battery's dead, what we do, what do we do? We charge it, but we forget to charge our own battery. So the first thing we have to do is charge our own battery. And that is actually self-love. And a good, uh, usually people say to me, but I don't know, how do I do that? How do I charge my own battery? I don't know what I like. I'm doing things I have to do, but what do I like? And then I always say, go back to when you were a little girl. You know, this this really young girl, uh, six, seven, eight, nine, what did you love to do? You know, before your mind kicked in and you have to do a lot and think about it, but just when you were spontaneously, what did you like? So, for example, if you like to be creative, you can be creative again. Or I actually liked to be on stage, you know, to do these mini playback shows and stuff like that. I wanted to be in the center of attention. But when I grew up, that was gone. You know, because my mind was like, "What I think people thinking of me, and I can't do that. I have to do, you know, stay in line and all those things." But When I go back to my youth, that is what I like to do So and be creative. So if you go back to that young girl, so look at pictures, for example, and think about what made me happy then and do stuff for yourself that you love that can recharge your battery.
0: Amazing. That's a great
1: first tip. Another one is that we are very good at saying yes to everyone else accept ourselves Uh, so when someone asks you a question can you do that for me or at work you know who needs to do this we're like yeah i'll do it i'll do it um and it's important to say yes to yourself and uh, a good thing is to not say yes immediately so when someone asks you something just wait just wait and feel for yourself okay if i say yes to this Does this make me happy? And you can do it by asking yourself the question, if I would really love myself, what would I do?
0: That's a big one. Um, You do it on the spot or you usually ask someone, can I get back to you? can I get back to you?
1: Yeah, because it's very hard to do it on the spot. Just say, can I get back to you? Or I have to check my schedule or whatever you say, just give yourself time. Because what we do is say immediately say yes. But if you start to feel, okay, am I doing this because I really want to? Does this make me happy? Or is it because my husband expects me to, or because my boss wants me to, or because my children are happy or whatever? But and if you focus on that, for okay, if I feel in my body, am I going to say yes? Does it make me happy? And I can tell you that a lot of the times it will be no.
0: And then how do you um, say no to the person? Because I think the, the thing that is the most scary about saying no is being scared to disappoint people. Or at least for me personally, I'm always really scared of disappointing people. I think that was very much who I was in the family as well, just trying to keep everyone very happy. So this is just something that's been inside of me since I was a very little girl. How do you say no to someone without hurting them and without disappointing them?
1: And this is such a good way what you're already saying, because we do that, what we did when we were younger. So when we were younger, we were scared to disappoint. So we didn't. But when you were a kid, you were dependent on your parents. Because when you were a kid, you couldn't say, no, I'm going to leave. You couldn't when you were six years old. So you had to say, okay, I don't want to disappoint them because I live with them. And we get into an argument and maybe they won't even love me anymore. But now you're an adult. So that's the difference. But we still have the behavior of the child. We still do the same things because we're scared if they are disappointed, they won't love us anymore. So now it's about, if I disappoint them, if I don't disappoint them, I disappoint myself. Mm-hmm. And now you are an adult. So if someone else is disappointed, you are not responsible for that. That's not your feeling. Yes? And that's what we do. We, we tend to be responsible for the others. Oh, I'm sorry I hurt you. I'm so sorry. If I hurt you, it's not my responsibility Unless I smack you in the face or I say horrible things, uh, of course, then that is my responsibility. But if I tell you, I'm not coming to your party, I say, I'm sorry, I'm not coming to your party and you are disappointed, I'm not responsible for that.
0: Interesting. So even when you're saying, I'm not coming to your party, do you think you owe that other person an explanation on why you're choosing not Mm -hmm. to go? Maybe because you're tired or now that's such a good
1: thing as well that's what we also do in our minds okay um now i owe them something because i'm saying no no and i used to do that as well you know say i'm not coming because i don't really feel well or you know but it's not even true or you know things like that to make an excuse and i understand if you do it of course it's nothing wrong with that but it's only you can just say i'm not coming
0: And then if we flip it, if you're a parent and you have that six-year-old kid, how do you make sure that when you ask something of your child, they don't feel obligated to say yes, because they might be scared to disappoint you as the parent? How can you start kind of breaking that cycle that we grew up with, with the next generation?
1: Oh, I'm getting goosebumps when you ask this, because it's very important. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Because that's what happens. I always tell my children that they are as important as I am. So what they think and what they feel is just as important as what I think or feel. It's not like I'm the mom, so I decide once every while, of course, I do that because otherwise they will drink Coca-Cola all day, you know, (laughs) but in, in things like, um, my daughter can say to me, okay, I'm going now, mom, um, yeah, but you're going to be, she used to say that, you're going to be alone all night. Are you okay with that? You know, she felt like, is she, are you okay with that, that you're going to be alone? Uh, because she was going to uh, stay with me and watch a movie or whatever. And I always say, you don't have to take care of me. I'm an adult. I'm responsible for myself. You can go, have, have fun. You're a kid. And that's the only thing you can do.
0: Okay. But so we have talked about two things. Make sure you charge your battery by going back to your youth and thinking about things that you loved doing back then and ask yourself when um, someone is asking you for a favor or if like going somewhere, ask yourself, will this make me happy if I say yes to this? What are some other tips you can share with us? What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
1: Uh, A good one. Also, what really works, the soon as you wake up in the morning, your head turns on. And it goes on until you go to sleep. So while I'm talking to you and while people are listening to us, they are thinking. You are thinking now. It doesn't stop. But it goes on. I call them the Muppets. They talk to you all day. But when you are silent or you're doing nothing, you hear the Muppets in your mind. And when you hear them, they usually are not very nice. Mm Mm-hmm. They, they're they saying things like you cannot say no to this party because you're not a very nice friend if you do things like that you have to be a good wife a good mother you have to be whatever so that doesn't make us feel very lovable so what we need to do is uh, think positive thoughts but it's fair i can say that easily it's very hard to do that in daily life so what we can do a, a good tip is twice a day. Say two or three words out loud to yourself in the mirror. Positive words, positive sentences. And it's important that they start with I am. Because I am is what you believe. So you could say, I am enough. I am lovable. I am perfect as I am. Things like that. Um, For a few months, I said to myself, I love myself. I believe in myself and I trust myself.
0: And that helped you believe you believe that now?
1: Well, I can tell you that in the first few weeks, so you have to stay with this. If you if you stop with it after a few days or weeks, it doesn't do anything for you. Because what happens is the first time you say to yourself and you look in the mirror and you say, I love myself. The other Muppets go, no, this is bullshit. You're lying. They're going to say that. Really, just try it. That, that's what happens. In the first few weeks, they still do that. But after a, a few weeks or months, you will notice that they will become less um, loud. And then when you say, I love myself, it's a bit more, okay, I can say it. It's not weird anymore.
0: I did a personal leadership course, uh, these past couple months. And one of the assignments was also giving your inner critic a name, just like what you call them, the Muppets. My inner critic was Nick. And, um, the assignment is that anytime you hear that voice, you're just like, shut up, Nick, I don't need you right now. I can do this. Uh, or when you're going into a meeting, just like, I'm going to leave you in the car, Nick. I'll, uh, I'll see you here when I get back here. And this might also be a good thing for the listeners to do, like sit down and think about your inner critic. We also had to really create an image with it, what that person or whatever, what that voice looked like. Um, and it was a very fun assignment. So maybe that's also a yeah. thing listeners can do so they can really name that inner voice. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and in addition to that, because that's a really good one, I did this exercise as well, and I saw the witch from Snow White. That was actually my inner critic, and it sounds like, like that, (laughs) but the good thing is that that before you actually say, okay, Nick, I'm leaving you in the car, I don't need you, or maybe in that moment you can say that, but when you uh, have a picture of your inner critic, ask your inner critic, why are you saying this to me? Why are you being so critical? Because there is actually a lovable reason for it. Do you know why, Nick, your inner critic is saying these horrible things to you?
0: I think it's protection in the end, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. For failure. Protection from what?
1: Yeah, exactly. Because what we have learned as children, we have learned, not that our parents or the society did that on purpose, but we have learned that if we don't do this, we are not good. Or we are have to be in the corner or whatever, so what we do is we protect ourselves with the inner critic and we have more voices um, saying telling us to do this or to do that because if we don't, we are failed we are failed we are not worthy we are not we can't be loved or whatever is the underlying um, thing that you believe so it's actually a lovable thing so i, I don't I, w- I want to say don't um, be angry at the Nick that you have or Nick or my witch, but see, okay, you are here again. And I understand that you want to protect me, but I can protect myself now because I'm an adult and I'm already good enough.
0: I love that. Okay. So we gotta say positive things in front of the mirror every day and three things you say. Well, you can do whatever you like. So one, two,
1: or or three, but not more than three, because you can't, uh, you can't feel it anymore after three
0: and start with I am. And start with I am perfect. And then maybe, yeah, like a, an assignment for people sit down and think about who your inner critic is and give it a name. So you can also tell it to shush.
1: exactly you did that great in the car nick i don't need you now i'll see you when i'm ready when
0: i'm back but it does take a lot of practice and um i'm just yeah it does take a lot of practice and more time this is something really recent this like we only named it a couple months ago so um it needs to be a little bit more in my regular day-to-day as a reminder but yeah it's definitely a good place to start
1: yeah. It's a good place to start. Yeah. And even if you do it at the end of the day, just give yourself a few minutes on, okay, what happened today? And where was my inner critic? What did he say to me?
0: Nice. Okay. So do you have more?
1: Yes, I have some more. Um, another one would can help for loving yourself is dare to lose control. Uh, yup. That
0: is the sore point here for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't say do that, that as uh, the first one because it's a very difficult one. Because we always want to have control. But why do we want to have control? Because um, we're scared. So it's about we're scared of being not good enough, or failing, or being rejected, or being left alone. You know, things like that. We are scared, so we want to have control. But, if you want to have control, it also keeps you small. It keeps you in in your comfort zone. If you find out what you really love to do, then your mind goes, "No, you can't do that. you don't get uh, you're not going to earn a lot of money. um you're going to fail. What if you're going to fail? Uh, make sure that you know whatever you know, all the doom scenarios come up, and that's again the critic and all those mind things. Because they want to protect you from failing or from being not good enough. But if you dare to lose control, to actually follow your heart, you can live your dream. I'm saying that very easy, but, but you can start by looking at yourself. Where do I still hold on? Where do I need to have control? You can also have it in simple things, you know, in, in your partner. Does he do the dishes? Does he do it at t- the time that I want him to do it? You know, That's a control thing, for example. You know, in, in simple things, you can just look at yourself. Where do I still hold on? Where do I really need control? And maybe I can practice a little bit by just letting go and seeing what happens.
0: This is an interesting one for me because, yeah, I am definitely a control freak. And it's something I wasn't really aware of until a couple of years ago. But now I, I see it all the time. I see it all the and time. And what happened a couple of years ago that you noticed? Someone actually told me and I was like, nah. But then later I was like, oh, maybe I am. And then I think it also definitely came up with a wedding. I wanted to do a lot of things myself to make sure that it was done the way that I wanted to. And no one could disappoint me or create something differently than what I had in my head. Um, Whereas my now husband is really good at delegating and bringing his vision to other people and also being okay if it's slightly different than he envisioned, but um, still be really happy with it. So I actually think the wedding and especially the wedding days themselves was a huge learning curve for me where I really had to let go of control because I wanted to enjoy myself too. Right. And i in order to do that, I had to let other people take care of stuff. Um, yeah. so I actually really grew <laughs> over those days because it all went really well and it looked beautiful and I was extremely happy with the results. So that was a big lesson to me as well, that yes, I had prepared everything to, a degree where people were able to take it over but then also everyone did really well once i let go of it and it made me be able to enjoy myself more so those wedding days were big mentally for me in terms of letting things go
1: yeah it's a great example that's really a great example and and especially that if you lose control you can enjoy yourself. Yes. And also, also, if you lose yourself, the other people who are taking care of it can surprise you. If you decide everything, there is no surprise.
0: Yes. And also, especially when it comes to work, having other people pitch in their ideas and having giving them the space to surprise you um, makes yeah. them a lot more motivated yeah. with work as well. So I think it also makes you a much better manager.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You give the other person more confidence by letting go. And, it just, and it's not only for, it's for, you, for the other person because they get more confident, but also for you. Because, you know, I always see like when you have control, it's like you take sand and you just squeeze it and the sand can't go through and it costs a lot of energy. So it doesn't flow. Life doesn't flow if you always want to have control. So just keep the sand open in your hand and it can, it can flow and it's so much more relaxing. That's
0: a nice analogy. Tip number five. An important one.
1: Um, it sounds easy, but maybe it's not that easy. It's about letting yourself rest. Letting yourself do nothing is a really act of self-love because we are always doing something. You know, we have our to-do list and there's always something on it. But what we forget is to do nothing. And what I mean with nothing is I don't mean, you know, watching Netflix or scrolling on your phone. I mean, with doing nothing is actually sitting on the couch. And I don't care if you're looking at the ceiling or you're looking outside, but actually doing nothing at all. Because when you do, then you notice what am I actually thinking? What are my thoughts? And you notice, what am I feeling? Now, a lot of people who come to a burnout or get really sick or things like that, it's because they didn't feel in their body that they were tired. Or chose to ignore it. Or chose to ignore it. Exactly. That's also true. Yeah. Um, So if you just do nothing, then you can feel, you know, if I just do nothing and I just breathe and focus on my breath. People also can do meditation, but some people are like, oh my God, no meditation. Then just sit down and just focus on yourself. And that is needed for you to know what makes me happy. What do I want? And what do I need? You know, women are very good at helping other people what they need. But what do you need yourself? What makes you happy? And it can be a simple thing. I just need need to sit on the couch for half an hour with a cup of tea. That's it.
0: I like that one. I should definitely do that more often. It's so easy to grab a book or grab your phone, put on a series and switch your brain off that way, instead of really tapping into what's happening in your brain and your body.
1: Yeah, it's what we are doing is focusing on outside all the time, 24 seven. But what we have to do once every while is focus on the inside. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? Because the answers to your happiness are inside, not outside. Beautiful words. But do, do you ever do that? Sit down and do nothing?
0: No, never. The only time I... So I have a dog and when I walk him, there's still, of course, a lot of distractions, but sometimes on purpose, I don't put a, a book or a, a podcast on. And that is probably the closest I get to that. But then, of course, there are still distractions. It's not just me sitting still. But no, but
1: that's already. Ri- no, but that's already a good one. Just go to the forest on your own and don't put anything in your ears. So don't listen to anything and just watch. There are distractions, but just you can see how nice nature is and you, you feel a bit of the quietness. You can hear the birds. You know, that's also you're enjoying.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that might be a good way for people to start without... Because it might be really challenging to sit on the couch for half an hour, whereas maybe walking outside for half an hour is a little bit less challenging. So that might be a good start. And then work your way up. Yeah,
1: but you can also just sit down for two or three minutes. We don't have to do it a half an hour, you know, just two or three minutes. Start with that. And then your mind will go, oh, I have to do the dishes, I have to do the
0: washing and you know, whatever. <laughs> I should do that more, not listen to uh, anything while I'm walking outside. Yeah, you should. And see what comes up. Okay, so we have five tips so far. All really, really yeah. great. Do you have more for us in store? I think that the most
1: important one is to be compassionate to yourself. So in these five tips, you're like, you can go like, okay, I've watched this or I've listened to this podcast. Now I'm going to do, put those five things on my to-do list. And again, it is the feeling, I have to do something. So the most important thing is actually, whatever you do or whatever you don't do, um, or you make a mistake or you sh- shout to your children or whatever, be compassionate to yourself. Say It's okay. Because we, as women especially, think we have to be perfect. You know, we, now we have to be perfect and loving ourselves. The only thing, because I've been working, doing personal development work for over 20 years now. And, you know, the only biggest tip in all the 20 years, it's about you're already good enough. It's okay. No, I'm still angry. I'm still sad. I'm not like the Buddha on the mountain all day going, what? you know, that doesn't exist. We, we, we just have this idea of this perfect woman or, or person. And, and we think we have to be like that. And we see on social media, oh, she's great. And wow, she's that. And she, we have to be like, it." it doesn't exist. So it's only about you are good enough. And also when you're shouting and also when you're working all day or whatever you do, you're still great.
0: I once heard this example as well of, um, When you want to be really mean to yourself and especially your inner critic is is like something happened, you've made a mistake at work or something, try to envision what your best friend would say to you in this instance because you would not be as mean to your best friend if she made a mistake as you are to yourself. So why are we so mean to ourselves? If you would never say these words out loud to anyone else, Never take it that far. Like always just be as kind to yourself as your best friend would be in a situation where something went wrong.
1: Yeah, exactly. And even if it didn't go wrong, but you expected yourself to be more this or more that or whatever, it's okay.
0: Let's go through the tips. So number one is charge your battery by um, trying to remember what you used to love doing in your youth. What made you really happy? Secondly, ask yourself, When someone is asking you a question or for a favor, ask yourself, do I, uh, do I do this because it makes me happy? And if the answer is no, say no to whatever that person asked you. Uh, and when someone is asking you for a, for for a favor, just your first response be, let me check my schedule or I'll get back to you and think about it. Then number three is listen to the voices in your head. Um, But try to change them by saying positive things to yourself in the mirror every morning, one to three different uh, sentences and always start with I am. Number four, dare to lose control, something I definitely need to work on, but it is a very, very good one to, to keep working on. Number five is rest and do nothing or try to meditate. And this could be by doing a walk outside without listening to anything or sit on the couch for however long, could even be a couple minutes with a cup of tea. And then normally my final question is if you could give the listeners one takeaway from this episode, what would it be? I actually think your sixth point of, um, having compassion for yourself is an amazing takeaway. Would you agree?
1: yeah that is actually the takeaway that's the most important one yeah
0: yeah i think we really rounded out the episode there amazing tell us where people can find you and do you still take on clients
1: yes i do and um, my website is actually in dutch i have to say i'm going to put it make it into english but i'm not there yet um so that's big value dot NL at this moment, but I'm still taking clients for personal development on -on one-on-one sessions. And I can also do that in English. Yes.
0: Yes. Perfect. So even English speaking people, if they want to reach out to you, that's not a problem. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed this episode. And I think that the, uh, tips you've given are so, um, so good for people to implement straight away like we can start working on loving ourselves more right now i'm gonna go walk to the bathroom and say three nice things to myself as soon as we're done here
1: (laughs) yeah good good and and see what happens to you when you do because in the beginning it's weird and that's just laugh about it it's really nice do that yes and thank and thank you for having me
0: of course thank you so much for being here Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It truly means the world having you here. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at 30 Podcast, and leave a five-star review on Spotify and Apple. It really helps with growing. We will be back. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.